Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. Welcome to Unlocking the Truth podcast, week two of the book of James. Uh, Mark here with uh, Derek. Derek, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Good. How was your week of study in the book of James? It was exciting. I'm loving studying James. I hope everyone else is, is enjoying it and looking forward to, uh, to getting into it. This week I wanted to start with uh, a little bit of an analogy. Okay. And uh, hopefully this analogy comes through for each and every one of you. And I hope that at some point in your life you've looked through binoculars, <laughs> you know, uh, bird watching or yeah. whatever the case may be, maybe FBI or CI, I don't know. Maybe. So uh, think about if a pair of binoculars, when you look through them the proper way, the idea is that those binoculars will uh, take something that is very far away, mm-hmm. bring it up close, give you a good understanding. I like to use binoculars at the cottage when people are uh, water skiing right. so I can see all the tricks they're trying to do or the wipeout. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you move everything in uh, really close with the binoculars. But one of the fun games that uh, we have in our... Uh, family time is we turn the binoculars around right. and we look through the big portion of the lens and everything uh, comes through that binocular as though it is super far away, mm-hmm. even the person that's right in front of you. And so uh, there's a term for that and it's perspective. And that's what we want to focus on as a part of this week is uh, trials mm-hmm. and perspective, right. how to look at trials in a completely different way than what uh, we might look at them. And I think sometimes when it comes to trials, we're so focused on looking through the right end of that binocular Mm -hmm. that everything is so close up, it's right in front, we're right in the midst of it, that it's overwhelming. Yeah. You know, when some, you're looking through the binoculars and something goes by you very quickly, it's actually pretty scary and can hurt your eyes because of uh, you're not ready for it. Right. When you turn it around, everything's at an arm's length, at a distance, and you begin to view everything in a totally different way. Yeah. Keep that in mind as we think about trials and perspectives. And let me pray for our time together. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to study James chapter 1, verses 1 to 12. Would you bless the conversation that we're going to have around your word? May we bring honor and glory to you. Father, we may come out of this having a greater understanding of trials, how to respond to them, and what is this joy that James is talking about, Lord? So, Father, we give it all to you now. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, James chapter 1, James, a bondservant of God and Lord Jesus Christ. We looked at that last week. We looked at the perspective and the overview. And uh, this week we begin to really dig into chapter uh, 2, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 down to verse 11, Derek. And so what were kind of some of the 
highlights for you just to start out with before we look at this verse by verse from the passage? Yeah, I think James hits on uh, on a few things here. Um, mostly it's about how we interact with uh, trials when they come in our life. Uh, he tells us to consider it all joy, which seems uh, to be opposite to what we want to feel when we're going through trials. Uh, he tells us why. Uh, and then he also tells us uh, how we can uh, consider it joy in verse 5 when he talks about going to God and asking for wisdom. Um, this whole section is about trials and persevering and uh, and uh, kind of your uh, your status or your position in, uh, in who you are in God when you're going through uh, difficult times and trials. Yeah, and I've got a, I read a quote uh, this week in my study, and I think it's a good place for us to start because we should look at some of the qualities that come out of a trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, what uh, this author said was, trials have a purifying quality. They are the arena which something good develops. Right. And so uh, this is why we should step back and look with joy upon trials. And that's why I really like that binoculars thing, because you need to turn it around yeah. and look from a distance right. at what's going to come out of this. And so James does talk about... Uh, the very fact that this trial is coming for the testing mm-hmm. of our faith. Right. What What's going to be the outcome of that test of our faith? You know, he's got a number of things there. And so why don't we look at each of those things that are going to come out and then come back to joy. Sure. Because we probably can't talk about joy until we have proper perspective. Yeah. We need to understand uh, what... What happens when our faith is tested? Uh, and James tells us that it, pr- it produces endurance or, or steadfastness, the ability to, to continue on even when it's hard to continue on. And there's a process that happens that, that when we endure, uh, when we go through it, it's perfect result uh, so that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. And so when our faith is, uh, is tested, it actually increases our faith. It actually uh, strengthens us as people and as uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. And it is as we go through these trials and difficulties um, that God actually is working on us and working in us. And, uh, and we can learn to, uh, to lean on him and to, uh, to trust in him. Right. And so I think it's important we should break down those words and have a good understanding. The word uh, endurance in the Greek is uh, hypomone. Uh, It means to uh, be steadfast and constant. And uh, the one part of that definition I really liked was that uh, it means to preserve Mm. or remain under and uh, it's to kind of be under with patience. Right. And so in the margin of my Bible, I have uh, noticed that James does not tell us to pray to be removed from the trial. Mm-hmm. He tells us to really ask for wisdom yeah. to remain in it until mm-hmm. God allows us to come out of it. Right. So uh, understanding uh, one more part of that definition of hypomone is the capacity to bear up under difficult circumstances and being able to endure and then that's that next word that comes there is that word perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that we define perfect because of uh, 
the way that that word is perceived in the world today. Right. So what do you think, Derek? Well, is- we're, we're not talking about something that is without, without blemish. We're not talking about something that, uh, that doesn't have any issues with it whatsoever. We're talking about uh, perfect is, uh, is about maturity. It's about uh, developing. It's about um, gaining more and, and more. Um, you know, this, this word is used a lot in Scripture, and very rarely, I think, does it actually mean um, something that is, as we would say, is perfect or pure. Uh, usually what it means is something that is filled or satisfied or, or developed to, the, to its full potential. And I think that's what James is talking about, that we're not made perfect, but when our faith is tested and we're enduring, we are, are going through this process of maturity that God is leading us to a place uh, where we are being made better. Um, and if we continue to go through these trials, and if we continue to endure, and if we continue to be uh, to allow God to make us better, uh, then we're going to get to a place where we're going to be fully developed and fully mature believers in Christ. Right, that word uh, teleos in the Greek, and so it means to come a full age or maturity, mm-hmm. like you're saying, uh, consummate human integrity and virtue, and then uh, brought to an end. Mm-hmm. You know. Which brings you to that uh, so that, and that so that in verse 3 or verse 4, that's a term of conclusion. It's like a therefore. And so, so that you may be perfect and complete. Mm -hmm. And that word complete, and I hope I can pronounce it properly, it's holocleros, holocleros, and it's like complete in all its parts in no part unwanting or mm-hmm. unsound it's free from sin it's blameless uh, have all the necessary and appropriate parts and then the best part of that whole definition is whole yeah you know so what we've got here is before us let's put it into perspective we've got a trial yeah whatever that trial may be that we're facing Uh, it's a painful trial, but we're supposed to respond in a certain way, Mm -hmm. knowing that the way that we respond uh, is producing, the trial produces endurance, it produces in us perfection, which is maturity, Mm -hmm. and then a wholeness and completeness that comes out of that. And uh, so uh, lacking in nothing, I just love that Mm -hmm. part of that verse. And so uh, this brings us to verse 5 because we've got a contrast. And right. so we want to look at this part because remember, we're looking through uh, the, the large end of the binoculars right now. Right. We're, sh- we're seeing everything from a greater uh, far out perspective. And so what, what's uh, James telling us there in verse 5? Well, he tells us how we can actually do that, how we can experience joy in trials. Uh, is knowing the testing of our faith produces endurance. But if we're having a difficult time, he tells us that if we lack wisdom, which is the understanding of why we're going through this trial, that we ask God. And he and it says God gives generously to all uh, without reproach, uh, and it will be given to him. We're, we're told that all we have to do is ask, and God is God is going to give it. And often when we talk about wisdom, we, we usually contrast it with knowledge. Knowledge you get from, uh, from reading, wisdom you get from living and experiencing. So when you're asking God for wisdom, he's not going to download information to you. 
he is going to allow you to live through um, a circumstance or a situation that's going to teach you something and help you understand uh, something to be true about God or about yourself. Yeah, and I think what we can keep using this analogy of the binoculars mm -hmm. because when we go into the trial, like I've said already, we're looking through the proper end. We're looking and everything's up close. It's right in front of us. We're really, we're in the midst of that. We're Sometimes yeah. we can wallow. Oh, we're overwhelmed by it. Yeah. We're overwhelmed. We're like, why is God doing this to me? How can God allow suffering? Why? You know, think about, um, we'll probably be talking about these characters in the Bible mm -hmm. later on in in our time. But think about Job, you know. Right. I, again, Job was, he was tested of his faith. And, and you know, I think that uh, later on we'll, we'll come closer to talking about what actually happened. But here God said, consider my servant Job. Right. And then he went through all kinds of tests and trials and he came through that responding and worshiping and glorifying God. Yeah. There's also Abraham, which we'll look at in chapter two, Abraham, uh, when sacrificing Isaac, another test of the faith. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we have that perspective of looking through and we're in the midst of that trial, we, we don't respond well until we pray. Right. And I think that's the most important part of chapter five. Yeah. When, we try to respond to our trials when we're looking through the right end of the binoculars. Sometimes the last thing we think about is praying to God yeah. and asking for a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And what God has the ability to do with his wisdom and giving us wisdom that he's asking for is turning the binoculars around. And so now we look through the improper end right. and everything becomes far away. Yeah. And now... What wisdom does for us is when God gives us that wisdom and he tell and we're told that when we pray for it, he'll give he'll it give to it. us. Yeah. It removes us. We're mm -hmm. in the trial, yet removes us only in perspective. Yeah. We start to have a heavenly perspective of an earthly trial. Right. And that's what God can do for us is understanding the sovereignty of God, uh, the omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God, the character of God, mm -hmm. it turns all of that around for us. And we now look through that other end of the binocular and we look back and we say, wait a second, yeah. the trial that I'm going through, it's not as bad as I think it is because God is showing me his perspective mm -hmm. in that endurance, that uh, maturity, uh, complete and lacking nothing will be the result of that. Yeah. Now, the question is, how do you maintain that <laughs> That's right. uh, view? And I think it's only continual uh, prayer yeah. and understanding the character of Even God. if you look at those characters of, of Abraham and Job, they kept, they didn't focus on the, on the difficult trial. They focused on God. Yeah. Abraham wasn't concerned with the promise. He had faith in the one who made that promise. Uh, Job was surrounded by people telling him to, to curse God and die, but he never did. He remained faithful to God because he knew the truth about who God was. And so we have to understand as well who God is, that he doesn't just cause us to suffer so that we suffer. The beautiful thing about God is that uh, he the, the suffering that we go through, um, that 
it is for a purpose and it is for a reason. It's not arbitrary. It's not random. It's, it's to make us better and it's to improve us as, as people and as believers. Yeah. And what just kills me is um, when we start going through trials, and these are things that I've seen as a pastor, mm-hmm. and you know you're a pastor, mm-hmm. and one thing that we see is, and we can be guilty of this as well, let's oh, yeah. not separate ourselves, For is sure. when we start to go through trials, we run in the opposite direction yeah. that we should. And I think that when you don't ask God for the wisdom, for him to ch- turn the binoculars around and give you a different perspective, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way you can have joy. Yeah. And uh, we want to look at that joy mm-hmm. for a moment and and consider it all joy. Do you, do you remember what that word meant, the word joy? Just trying to find it in my notes here. Well, I'll help you along, but that word joy, which makes it very difficult, is sort of like worship, rejoice. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. If I'm supposed to worship and rejoice in trials, that is a hugely different perspective from uh, wallow. Right, absolutely. Yeah, so when a trial comes, I'm supposed to praise and worship. Mm-hmm. Think about uh, those two wonderful guys. Remember who they were in the book of Acts? Sitting in the jail? Yeah, Paul and, uh, and Barnabas. And when they're sitting in the jail, in the midst of their persecution and trial, what were they doing? Singing praises to the Lord. Singing praises yeah. to the Lord. And imagine how your perspective would change mm-hmm. when you begin to come into this mindset of, I'm about to go through a trial. What a privilege it is mm-hmm. to be tested by God for the refining of my faith. Remember that quote that I said uh, earlier on, you know, they have a purifying quality. They are the arena in which something good develops. Yeah. Hey, in the end of this trial, something good is coming out of this mm-hmm. versus why God, why are you doing this to me. So that joy is huge. And I remember uh, an apologist speaking on James chapter one. And when he broke down that part about you need to worship God in the midst of your suffering, I was like, that is the hardest thing to do. And it reminded me of um, our international, Precept International Mm -hmm. people. Uh, North Americans, we have no clue, Not a clue when it comes to suffering for the gospel. Uh, maybe one day yeah. we will. But I remember one time saying to our international people, and this was me saying to them, boy, we should pray that God would remove you from mm-hmm. that suffering. And they said, no, no, no. Don't pray that we'll be removed from it. Yeah. Pray that we'll endure through it. Yeah perspective. Yeah, for sure. Perspective. When you see that in, in all of, of Paul's writing as well, he writes from his prison cell and never asks people to pray for his deliverance or for his freedom. And James is telling us that we're, we should consider it joy, that good things happen from it, which means that our attitude shouldn't be to avoid trial. We should anticipate. We should be looking forward to times in our lives where, where God's going to do a, do a mighty work in us. 
Uh, so we're not trying to get away from them. We should be looking forward to them. Yeah. I love the next contrast in the scripture. It's actually, if I were to re, if rephrase this instead of reading it out, it's sort of like this. Hey guys, when you're in trial, pray. But don't pray like this. Dear Lord, please give me the wisdom. You're not going to give it to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm not going to get it, but if you don't mind. Yeah, but he must ask in faith without mm-hmm. any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Mm-hmm. For the man ought not to expect that he will receive anything of the Lord, being double-minded, unstable in all his ways. You know what? Literally, you need to go to God with confidence That's right. that God is going to answer your prayer yeah. and not be tossed around, double-minded, thinking, I got to do this myself. I mm-hmm. got to seek out the wisdom of the world to figure this out. I've got to actually go to God and pray that he will help me persevere, endure, and come out of this yeah. the way well, that it's Well, it's, it's a direct opposite of what happens when our faith is tested. James says it's, it, it, it gives us endurance. It produces steadfastness. But if we're not, in, if we're, if we're not praying in faith, then, then we're not steadfast at all. That our, our, we're not anchored to anything. We're not connected to anything. We're all by ourselves trying to fight the seas of, of trials, and we're just getting tossed around. Um, and our, he tells us, pray, ask God with faith, without doubting, and he's going to give it to us, and he's going to give it to us generously. Yeah, I think I was just looking at the verses uh, in the book of Ephesians, because in Ephesians, it talked about being tossed uh, by the the winds and the, the sea and the, the various doctrines mm-hmm. that are out there. And so I think it was one of the cross-references in the Precept Upon Precept study but the reality is that uh, this idea of seeking out wisdom of the world, seeking out the wisdom of men, being doubting that God is going to answer your prayer, doubting that God is in your trial, doubting that God is going to cause you to persevere in it, having to seek out your own, uh, it's not going to end well. Right. You know, the, the response to that is, is going to end with a lot of, issues going on in your mind, questioning of your faith, questioning of your salvation. Well, I guess maybe I'm not saved Mm -hmm. if I'm going through uh, these difficulties. And the whole thing is that we need to remember back to when Jesus lived on earth and he said, these things are going to happen because you are a disciple of mine. How many times in the New Testament are we warned about trials and and temptations and things that we're going to face because we are a follower of Jesus yeah. Christ. Even James here uses the word when, not an if. When you encounter various trials, they're going to happen. It's a guarantee that as a disciple, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. And so just having a good perspective, a good understanding, and then having faith. Mm-hmm. You know, having faith that God is going to answer that prayer for you. Yeah. And that God is going to... Uh, be there with you, that God has in his sovereign plan Mm -hmm. uh, already knowing the outcome, but has your best interest in mind according to him. Yeah. You know, so we have to uh, remember that. And so uh, it's important that we understand in our prayer life that we need to go to the Lord in faith. Absolutely. The first thing we need to do is go to the Lord in faith. It's not our last ditch effort to try and make things better. 
Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that I find in, is that when somebody goes through suffering and they're going through a various trial mm -hmm. or whatever it is they're facing in their life, maybe this is a guy thing more than a, you know, a woman thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But guys have a tendency to be problem solvers. You bet. And so when we hear of a trial or a suffering or a problem that's going on in somebody's life, our first inclination is we want to solve that problem for you. Right. We want to help you get out of that trial. Yeah. It's not like our first, we might even have a book, you know, and that kind of is one of my pet peeves, you know, is first thing you do is, oh, you're going through that very difficult trial. Oh, here's a book for you mm -hmm. to read. And, it, you know, there was a time in my life and where I was going through some struggles with whether I should stay in ministry or not. The last thing I wanted was a book, mm -hmm. but I wanted somebody to maybe help me understand perspective. Yeah. And uh, keep your book. Teach me yeah. how to go to God faithfully, That's knowing right. that I'm going to endure through this and yeah. persevere. So uh, there's a lot going on just in those first oh, yeah. 11 or 12 verses. And I want to look um, before we before we wrap up for our time together because uh, double-minded is huge. You got to have faith, especially in trials. Yeah. And then we've got this other but. You see verse 5, verse 6, mm -hmm. verse 9, all are contrasts. Right. And so uh, we're going to look here at, um, but the brother of humble, humble circumstances to glory in his high position. Rich man is to glory in his humiliation because like flowering grass, he will pass away. Mm -hmm. For the sun rises and the scorching wind withers, the grass and its flowers falls. Often the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. So too the rich man in the midst of his pursuits while they fade away. So I, when I mark in my Bible, I, I look and I see, well, I got, bunch of verses in the first part about faith and mm -hmm. prayer and the Lord and then all of a sudden I've got a number of dollar signs right when yeah. it comes to uh, 9 to 11 so what what's your perspective on this Derek and what's going on yeah it's it's a it's an interesting bit of text here um, but both um, are I, I think they're they're sort of telling the the same story um, that the brother in hum humble circumstances is to glory in his high position. A rich man is to glory in his humiliation. Um, what it seems to say to me is that uh, your circumstances don't matter. You are to uh, be glorying in, um, in, in your trials, um, regardless of whether you're rich or whether you're poor. When God looks at us, he doesn't see our um, the size of our wallet or the size of our paycheck. He sees uh, his servants and he sees his children. Uh, and so in, when we're in humble circumstances, uh, we are to glory in our high position as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And as, as a rich man, um, we are to glory in our humiliation um, in that sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's not, uh, we tend to depend on or trust in the things that we can amass for ourselves instead of depending on uh, on God. Um, and James is telling us here that, you know, those things are going to are gonna pass away. Those things are going to fade away, and, and we need to be able to be trusting in God, uh, whether we are rich or whether uh, we are poor. We are to uh, bring Him glory in, in all of those circumstances. And I think it's important that we preface this, is that... 
it's not wrong to be rich. Right. You know, God, if, if we have a perspective and we understand that God is the provider and God, the, those are God's resources that have been given to us, mm-hmm. that, that that's not a problem. It's where our heart lies when it comes to that money. Right. Uh, the other thing is that richness, uh, I think personally here, uh, richness also comes with having the wisdom of God. Mm. And so, uh, you know, Romans chapter 11, the depth and the riches of both wisdom and the knowledge of God, uh, for from him and through him and for him all things, you know. And then uh, Daniel, wisdom and power, they belong to him. He gives wisdom to the wise men, knowledge to men of Mm. understanding. And this, again, is perspective. Yeah. Is knowing that a poor man is going to go through trials. I think the poor man's going to go through trials that are much different than the rich man. Yeah. But they're both going to go through trials. But it's understanding your your role under the headship of God. Right. And really, if we know that all of that stuff, like you said, is going to pass away, but our relationship with the Lord is what's going to last forever, then that needs to be our focus. That's right. It shouldn't be the gain of financial you know dollars Mm -hmm. for the setting up of for example when a trial comes like the crash of the stock market Mm -hmm. or we go into a recession right that i'm going to be completely fine because i've got my uh wages my money all in proper place therefore when the problem comes, the trial comes, I can throw money at it, solve it, right. versus, hey, I can basically uh, seek the Lord for yeah. the answers in yeah. that. And and so um, Job was a rich man. Oh, yeah. You know, he had tons of stuff. He had tons of animals and livestock. And when that was all taken away, what did he have? He had his relationship with God. He knew his God, and he responded mm-hmm. in a proper way. Yeah. So very important for us to, to understand that we need to know our role under the sovereign God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty good week. Yeah, I really liked studying uh, this portion of James. I think something that I that I take away from it is God doesn't waste a trial or a temptation or or a difficult circumstance, and so we shouldn't we shouldn't be so quick to throw them away either. Um, you know, it's it's worth the work. It's worth going through um, because we're going to come out better on the other side. And if 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 God's promise to us is that um, if we can endure them, if we go to Him and we depend on Him, then He's going to make us better for it then uh, there's no reason we should be running away from those things. As we wrap up our Unlocking the Truth Week 2 podcast, I think it's really important that we take a moment and we say, uh, listen, if you are going through a trial uh, and you are in the midst of it right now and you don't have the right perspective, Mm -hmm. that you need to pray that God will give you the wisdom to turn those binoculars around and have a God's view a heavenly perspective of your trial. Yeah, for sure. But also, do you have the faith to believe that God will change that? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I want to recommend another precept study that is so valuable 
because I think it's so important you understand the character of God. Right. When you know God, you know who he is, your perspective changes. And so, uh, Lord, I want to know you is the study. It's a fantastic study on all the names of God in the Old Testament. Study the character of God. If you've not done that study before, you need to do it. It's going to change your perspective. It's going to turn those binoculars around for you and understand that God is in your trial Mm -hmm. and that uh, you can have the faith that James is talking about when it comes to prayer. And so, uh, so important that you understand that you know that you're not alone in your trial. That's right. That God is with you, that God knows the outcome. And I heard it explained once like this. Sometimes when you're in your trial, you're heading down to a street corner. Mm -hmm. The problem is that when you get to the corner and you have to walk around that building, you don't know what's around the corner. So sometimes you look and you peek around that corner, but you're not really sure or confident what you're going to see. The difference between you and God, God knows what's around that corner. And so keep that in mind as you continue to dig into James. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to finishing off chapter one uh, next week. Yeah, it only gets better from here. It only gets more convicting from exactly, here. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. But this is just a, you know, a snippet of trials mm-hmm. and temptations. Mm-hmm. And next week we'll look closer at those temptations. So Derek, why don't you pray us out? For sure. Gracious God, we thank you again for the opportunity we have to study your word. And I pray that as we continue to look at this book of James, um, as we are faithful to study, that you will be faithful to reveal your truth to us. Uh, We are so thankful that um, we can actually have joy amidst our trials, that we don't have to just sit there and suffer and wallow, but there is purpose uh, behind uh, the difficulties that go on in our life, that they are not just wasted, that they are not just a hard time, um, but you use them to make us better. And we're so grateful uh, for the love that you have for us, um, that you want us to be uh, even better than we are now. Uh, And I just pray that we'll constantly be going to you, looking to you for wisdom and uh, to help us in those in those times of trial, not to remove them from us, uh, but to help us to strengthen us as we work our way through them. So, Lord, I pray that you will continue to bless us as we continue to study. uh, And I just pray that uh, that you will continue to uh, reveal yourself to us. We pray this all in your son's name. Amen. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, Visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.